What's up, my Hey Queen Thrive family? Hope all is well. It is your girl, Leah M. Forney. Listen, um, did y'all know August 21st is World Entrepreneur's Day? I literally just discovered that like a few seconds ago. Seriously. I was like, huh, I didn't know that such things existed. Uh, <laughs> the things you learn, right? But yeah, August 21st is World Entrepreneur's Day. And so World Entrepreneur's Day is a day that was designed to celebrate um, entrepreneurs, which I think is absolutely dope. Like, I really do. I think that's absolutely dope. Because let me just say, the pandemic alone has uh, birthed a whole lot of entrepreneurs. Like, a whole lot of entrepreneurs. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to to be able to celebrate on that day. I'm going to have to put it on my calendar, though, because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, I live by my calendar so much so that if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. <laughs> like, seriously, it's, that's so bad, but it's so true. Like, if it is not on my calendar, it really does not, it doesn't happen. Um, because I live by my calendar. So yeah, but yeah, August 21st, World Entrepreneur's Day. So that listen, that means I challenge each and every one of my listeners that on that day, support an entrepreneur, support an entrepreneur, buy something from them, like a post, comment, share, connect them with somebody that may need their services. Like seriously, support an entrepreneur on that day. You, I mean, you could, you should be supporting entrepreneurs every day because small businesses literally um, thrive on uh, their customers, right? So, but on that day in particular, make sure you're supporting uh, an entrepreneur seriously because we need your guys' support. We need you guys' reviews. We need you guys' you know comments. We do. We need all of those things. As an entrepreneur myself, I could tell you from experience you know, starting out, it's not always easy. It's not, it's not always easy, but you keep going and you keep plugging away at it. And eventually something you do will stick. So <laughs> that, that's my advice, but definitely keep the, put that on your calendar, August 21st, World Entrepreneur Day. Okay. Um, and we just going to celebrate all entrepreneurs and we're going to celebrate the, the innovation of entrepreneurs. Cause let me tell you something, us entrepreneurs, especially us black women entrepreneurs, honey, look, we know how to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? We know how to make a dollar out of 15 cents for real, for real. Like we are the most creative, in my opinion, we are the most creative race on the planet. Like when we really put our minds to, to some stuff, oh yeah, yeah, we'll get it done. We'll figure it out. You know, I say black women, but I think that's a woman in period. I don't care what race you are. Like women just know how to get things done. You know what I mean? Like we will we will easily learn how to create a brand and all that good stuff, right? And make six figures. <laughs> so yeah, support an entrepreneur. But listen, I'm excited about this guest on this episode of Hey Queen Thrive because y'all, for all my entrepreneurs out there, if you ever thought about creating a course as a way to continue to build your your brand, right? To build your business, to offer other opportunities for people to work with you. This is the episode for you because let me tell you, I am sitting down with the digital course master guru, 
coach, whatever you want to call her, Miss Ayana Webb. And when I tell you, shorty getting it. Let me just give y'all a little backstory before you hear this conversation. Me and this woman connected on social media, and it was so funny because we're in a uh, group together, right, on Facebook. And she happened to post something about creating a course. I liked the, the post. I saved the post. And then maybe within a few minutes of me saving the post, she had sent me a friend request. But I didn't put two and two together until we were on a social media post that I had made, like having conversation. And I was like, yo, why does this girl's name sound so familiar? And then something said, go back to your saved posts. So when I went to my saved post, I was like, yo, it's the same girl. So I slid in the DM. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I just realized I saved one of your posts about courses. So she was like, oh yeah, that would be me living my best life. When I tell you she's living her best life, she is living her best life. Like this girl done been on a like a seven city traveling just because tour just recently. Like, I mean, she's living her best life and still making coins while she sleeps. So if you have ever thought about doing a course, listen, you want to tune into this episode and you want to connect with Miss Ayana Webb because I'm telling you, she is a game changer. She is a game changer. And I have been privy to actually have conversations with her offline and just the stuff that she has shared has helped me to begin to figure out, you know, how to create courses based on what it is that I do and all that stuff too. So yeah, stay tuned, grab your pen, grab your paper, your favorite drink, whatever you're going to sip on and get all of this information because she's going to drop some gems. And of course you already know, I'll be back with Thriver Nuggets. Hey, my beautiful Hey Clean Thrive family. Listen, you guys are in for a treat because I am sitting down with the one, the only, the lovely Ayana Webb. How are you doing today, girl? I'm good. How are you? I'm ready for uh, this day to wind down so I can have some food. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm good. Well, tell the people a little bit about yourself. So it's just funny because when people ask me, I'm just like, uh, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> I guess the important thing is, um, so I'm a musician, I'm also an entrepreneur, so I'm a little bit of both, but uh, for me, the worlds collide because uh, when I was in college, I, I was studying music and I was still trying to figure out how I can make a career out of it, you know, because you have the rest of the world telling you, oh, there's no money in music, even though the music industry is like a $15 billion industry. But anyway, <laughs> so at the time I was trying to look for a job as a piano instructor and no one was hiring me because I was still in school and I was, you know, losing those positions to people who have master's degrees. And I said, well, what's going to stop me from starting my own business, you know, teaching my own students. So um, after a lot of work, I was able to basically launch my own business teaching private lessons for piano. And it served its purpose in my 20s in terms of creating consistent income, doing something that I actually enjoy while running my own business. And then I decided, okay, it's just time to start scaling my income and be able to kind of dial back from having to teach so many students. So that was when I got into doing courses and I started, I built my first course in like 2015. I didn't really start promoting it. It kind of just sat for like a year and I didn't start promoting it until late 2016. And ever since then, it just kind of grew. And, you know, I took, I, I took that time to fine tune my marketing, you know, strategies and things that I was doing. And then, you know, in a short period of time, 
uh, starting last year, I hit my first six figure um, year in revenue. So nice. that's just who I am. <laughs> Thank you. And then, as you know, um, that actually caused me to launch a second business where I teach other people how to not just build courses, but build it in a way where it can be automated. Because I think that's the missing piece when it comes to when you hear about people saying, oh, I can help people build courses, but then it kind of takes them this route where they have to put in all these hours between building the course and then having to promote it. And it's like, that's a piece of purpose. You know, you want to build yeah. a course in a way where it generates its own revenue without you having to put in so much time and effort. So that's, that's the spin that I put on, um, you know, me helping other people produce the same results I got. I love it. I love it. Thank so I you. have a question I ask all my experts, and that is, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a queen that's thriving? Oh, man. To be a queen that's thriving is to be unbothered by other people's opinions. Mm. I think that's a huge, a huge thing, especially as a woman, we tend to deal with a lot of resistance when it comes to other people putting expectations on us, um, especially in a male-dominated world where they try to box this out, right? And it takes a lot of gut to create your own path that no one can pull you away from. And of course, you know, in the meantime, you're gonna have people, you know, saying what they want, having their opinions about how you live your life. And, you know, you have to be that person that has to be at peace with your decisions and be at peace with the lifestyle that you chose and not have to worry about how other people feel about the way you live your life. So I think that's, that's what it means to be a queen that's right. I love that. Unbothered <laughs> by other people's opinion. Yes. <laughs> yes. We say uh, whatever they say. It. I love it. So you started <laughs> telling us a little bit about how you got into your entrepreneurship journey. You, you started off as a musician, couldn't get a job. So then you were like, hmm, let me create my own path. So keep like, let's dive into that a little bit more. So mm -hmm. as you started creating your own path, were there ever moments of like fear and doubt? Listen, all right, I have to give you the full story because at that time, during that maybe seven, this was maybe like September, from September 2010, when my mom passed away. Mm. And then the time that I started putting, you know, starting to, you know, get my own business, I was going through a rough patch. Obviously, I had, you know, to deal with the loss of a parent while I was still in school because I dropped out of school because her health was declining and I yeah. you know, had to take care of her and stuff. I couldn't do both, you know. Um, so I decided to go back to school um, that, that semester after. But I was still in a situation where I was financially in a tight situation. Mm -hmm. So that was when I said, you know what? I'm going to see what I can do in terms of applying for these jobs. And I just kept hitting a brick wall. And then April 20th, I don't, I don't ask me how I remember what date it was. <laughs> Hashtag 420. I wasn't doing anything, you know, crazy, but I just remember it was 420. Of uh, 2011, which was uh, maybe seven months after my mom passed, my car broke down. Wow. And it wasn't just any breakdown. It needed like somewhere over a thousand dollars. You know, so I was, it was like all these things were happening and it was just like crumbling. And then the guy that I was dating at the time, he actually left me because of the situation that happened. So it was just like, it was just back to back to back to back. Yeah. So I would say around early May when I, you know, I, I realized that everything that was happening, even though it was really stressful and I was on the brink of just being depressed because of, you know, everything. You know, and I also failed two classes in school because of everything that was happening. Yeah. So I said to myself, maybe this is just, you know, this is just divine intervention here that's trying to push me in 
a different direction, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm just ignoring all the signs. But I said, you know what? And that was when I decided, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and just order a bunch. I had like maybe $200 or something like that left, right? I took that money and I ordered 5,000 flyers, right? And I said, I'm going to go door to door in the neighborhood. I'm going to spend my entire summer while my, all my friends are out partying. No shade to them. <laughs> <laughs> but my mind was just so focused because I said, you know what? You know, it, there's no, you know, I can only go up from here because okay. I can't go any lower than where I am. So why not just put the effort in to put myself in a better position and, you know, just think about where I could be two to three months from now, despite what I'm feeling right now in terms of stress, in terms of anxiety, in terms of depression, I had to kind of just put that out of my mind mm-hmm. as hard as it was. And I still had to get up at five in the morning, be out the door by six. And I said, I need to put out at least a hundred flyers a day, I'd go to at least a hundred houses a day in order to reach a certain number of students by the end of the summer. And no matter what was going on, I made sure I got up at five in the morning every single day, minus the rain, and just be out there putting flyers out, still thinking about my car, still thinking about my mom, still thinking about the guy that I was dating. I had to take all of those thoughts with me while I was out passing out flyers. So you can imagine the mindset that I was in. So whatever it was that was on the inside of me just said, still get up and still get out there because you're going to thank yourself three months from now when you're turning people away because your schedule is so full of students. Yeah. And that was what basically what happened was by the end of that, by the time I got into um, fall semester, I had over like 20 private students from all that. Yeah. Wow. See, sometimes it'd be, it, I, I feel like, like you said, divine intervention. Sometimes it'd be when chaos starts to sh- strike, that's when you're like this close to something amazing happening. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we focus on the chaos and we don't yeah. do like you did, which was use it as motivation to be like, you know what? I got a goal to make. Cause like, I'm kind of like broke, broke and I need to stop being <laughs> broke, So I need to like figure out how to make this money real quick. And you used it as right. motivation. So I, I love that. So I want to dive into digital products because digital products seems to be the hot thing now. Like everybody's pushing, oh, you need an ebook, you need a course, you need this, you need that, da, 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 all of that. So tell, take us on that journey of how you decided to make the shift from coaching private students to now digital <laughs> products. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, at the time that I had explored it, digital products is still kind of like a you know, a whisper in terms of, you know, the demand and people kind of not even being aware that they could even sell digital products. So I kind of, I feel like I kind of came in at a good time. And the only reason why people are exploring it now is because of COVID, you know, you can't leave the house, you gotta make money online, right? So it became like this explosion and it's only going to be more explosive, you know, I think there's a number, I forgot the number, but it said by by 2023, the digital price industry is going to be like some, somewhere in the billions, I think it is something like that. But the reason why I decided to do it that route is because, you know, I did the math in my head. I said, okay, you know, there's different business models. There's the one where you trade hours for dollars, which, you know, it has, it's for me, like I said, it served its purpose in terms of bringing in steady income, but I wanted more out of life in terms of just being able to travel and have certain freedoms that that business model at the time was kind of keeping me from. Yeah. So I said, oh, you know what, why not just create a course, right? and create it in a way where people, all they have to do is just buy it and they just go through the recorded videos on their own. They don't need my personal involvement at all, mm-hmm. you know? So that way they still get what they need. They still get to learn what I would have taught them in person anyway, yeah. right? 
but it's in a business model where I can sell as many of those courses as I want and make as much as I want from anywhere, right? Because I can sell my courses from Dubai or something like that. So it's not location dependent. Yeah. It's not time dependent. So those were the big reasons why I decided to shift to um, doing digital products online. And yeah, it was the best decision I, I could have made. Listen, I bet it was because nothing like time freedom, right? And financial freedom, nothing like being able to be like, oh, I'm sitting at the bar, but then PayPal went off and somebody purchased the course. Like- no, I kid you not. I was getting, I was with a friend. I kid you not. I remember, I think it was at the time, it was like my 200th course, I think was that I sold. And at the time I was with a friend of mine, we were at this bar, I think it was called Barcade, where you have like the bar and they have the arcades in there. Yeah. Yo, I was maybe like two or three drinks in and I was like, yo, yeah, look what just happened. Listen, so then made you want to be like, now nah, I really got a reason to celebrate. I love it. Right, exactly. I love it. So how do we fix, so what do, what do you say, or what are some things that we should consider when we want to jump into the digital product sector? Oh man, man. <laughs> so one thing I, I, you have to consider is that knowing how to do something and knowing how to teach something are two very different skill sets. Mm. especially as a musician I think that was one huge way that I noticed happened with a lot of my musician friends and you know people in the musician industry where you have a lot of performers right they know how to perform and they know how to go on tour and all that stuff and then when COVID hit there was a wave of musicians who wanted to go into teaching right and there was a lot of controversy around that and I to a degree I was like yeah I kind of agree because you could be a complete beast on keys or on your particular instrument but to be able to relay that skill to someone else is a totally different, it's a totally different language because, you know, you can learn a skill, right? That's just you, you know, building practice and, you know, being able to deal with risks and improvisation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you're dealing with a totally different language because number one, you have to recognize that not everyone learns the same way as you do. Yeah. And I think it's really tough for musicians who are naturally gifted because they kind of get some of that learning curve you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah so then when it comes to teaching somebody who may not have that natural gift to kind of just catch on they may have to learn a different way or they may have a different way of processing information so you as a teacher now not musician but a teacher you have to learn how that student learns right and then you have to adjust to how that student learns and the other thing is you have to make them feel confident because the other thing I noticed is that some teachers I feel like what makes a bad teacher is when they put it on the student if they can't learn. Mm. I always, 99% of the time, I usually, if the student can't learn, 99% of the time it's the, te- the teacher's fault. Yeah. <laughs> because in most, I've, I've seen this happen before where teachers will, they'll get frustrated because the student's not grasping it, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of going, okay, let me take a step back and figure out why the student is not grasping it and let me try a different approach, what they'll end up doing is they'll make that student feel stupid for not, yeah. you know, for not catching it. And I've had this happen so many times where I've had students come to me and they're like, you know, I had, I had taken piano lessons for years and I had this one teacher and she just made me feel so little and made me feel like I couldn't learn anything. And they go through life never being able to learn that thing because in their mind, they think that they're unteachable, right? Mm. And then someone like me comes along and I'm like, no, you're very teachable. It was just the way that you were learning. It just wasn't for you, right? Yeah. So, you know, and the thing is I get mostly older students, like, you know, online students are like maybe in their fifties or sixties because 
they feel like they're too old to learn or they feel like it's just, you know, so I come along and I go, listen, no, you, you just have, you just have a different way of learning and boom, this is how you can break down how to learn piano, right? So that, I say all that to say <laughs> that when it comes to, you don't want to look at selling digital products, especially if it comes to teaching as just a money-making, you know, opportunity. There's so many more things. There's so many more layers to that, right? You have to know how to teach and you have to have, you have to know also if you do have um, a certain level of knowledge and being able to teach it to other people, you have to also know your limits. Mm. Because with me, I think, and this is where imposter syndrome, I think, comes in. So I think a lot of people feel like the ones who do know how to teach and ones who do have a passion for teaching, they, they don't jump into it because they feel like they don't know enough of, yeah. what, you know, what, <laughs> of what they're trying to teach, right? So they feel like they're not qualified when in reality is like, okay, you could be like an intermediate, you know, you may not have to be the, the master of what you do, right? You can be intermediate and then teach beginners. And yeah. Start there. You know, that's what I did. And I, I would tell students from the gate, I'm like, listen, I don't teach up to, up to intermediate. I don't do advances. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but at least I'm helping somebody. Yeah. So those are the two things I would, I would say that you should consider when it comes to digital products is that um, know the art of teaching and also know your capacity in terms of what you can teach at that moment. Yeah. I think having a good teacher is definitely important because as you were talking, I think back to third grade with my math teacher who really made me thought I was really stupid for not knowing my three times table and how it stuck with me because then I hated math throughout my rest of my school year. And that's how it, and right. I was like, oh, every time I would see math, I would cringe. So it's, it's yeah. so true. Everything that you say about teaching is so, so true. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I want to talk about automation because that's another hot thing. Everybody's like, automation, 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 right? So <laughs> let's talk about what is automation and then why should we think about automating in our businesses? Wow. You know, automation, for those who are watching, automation is basically going into your business model and figuring out what parts of your business operation can be done automatically. And the reason why that's important is because, you know, do you choose between, let's say, spending hours a day, right, manually sending people in your email list, like your prospects, your, you know, strategy session call, uh, you know, prospects, whatever, do you want to spend hours sending them follow-up emails and trying to keep track of who did you email, who didn't you email? Mm -hmm. Or would you rather have an automated system that automatically keeps track of where each of your prospects are and then create things like rules and tags where if they reach a certain goal, then that system automatically sends the email for you, saving you hours a day, right? Mm. That's just one example of automation. That's just the email side, right? Yeah. But I think the biggest one, and this is the reason why I do what I do, is because a lot of people, you know, they have courses, right? But then the marketing side, when it comes to driving traffic, when it comes to getting sales, what I see is a lot of people spending a lot of time trying to manually promote their course, right? And it can be in a form of Instagram content. They'll spend hours a day trying to put Instagram content together or Facebook mm -hmm. content together, or TikTok, whatever the new social media is, right? And they put in all these hours to try to drive traffic to their courses or their sales pages and whatnot, only to get, you know, very little results, right? And even people who do it successfully, because and I'm not, this is no shade against organic. I actually like organic marketing, but I do think it has its place. I don't think yeah. that businesses grow strictly on organic, right? But there comes a, there comes a time where 
you have to even automate the traffic when it comes to, and this is why I always advocate for paid advertising, especially if you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> because paid advertising could be great or it could, it could run you dry. <laughs> so, yeah. But <clears throat> for me, that was a big component because, you know, I was able to go about my day, right? Having coffee, dry, you know, driving, spending time with family while I have this, you know, Facebook ad that's sending traffic to my sales pages on my behalf. And all I have to do is just check at the end of the day and go, oh, how many sales do I make? Yeah. You know? So now I'm not spending time having to figure out, you know, what new content do I have to put on Instagram? Because that's time consuming. You know, what new content, what new algorithms are there on TikTok and the hashtags and the, all of that completely gets obliterated because I have the system that's dialing in to the right audience, right? And sending them where they need to go. So it's not even just the ads part, but also the back end. What page should they hit on once they click my ad? And then when they purchase, what's the next page they get on? And then if they enter their information, what's the email follow-up? That's automated too. So everything is pretty much automated, um, which saves me so many hours of having to prospect and having to, you know, try to get people to, you know, to buy my courses or do sales calls or anything like that. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the reason why automation is, is really important for scaling. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely goes back to the time freedom because you only have 24 hours in a day. And sometimes people spend like 20 of those hours working on <laughs> stuff that they could like put on, you know, like I know when I first started like um, doing my social media posts automated and just creating them and then letting them go out. And people were like, you always post it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, you ain't. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I learned that watching other entrepreneurs and I would be on the friend phone. I remember I was on the phone with one of my friends who's an entrepreneur. And I'm like, how are you live and you talking to me? And she's like, because I'm not live. Like, you know, right. it's automation. <laughs> And I'm exactly. like, and that's when I, I'm like, oh my God, this saves you so much time. So then I got in the habit of doing it and it was like, oh, I don't got to worry about what to go on Instagram, what to go on. Nope. It just goes out. It goes out. It goes out. Now, uh, in the words of my mentor, automated doesn't necessarily mean unchecked <laughs> because even though it's automated, but it kind of, you still want to kind of add that personal touch. And even that to a degree, you can automate that, but you know, automation unchecked should should not happen so you always want to make sure that everything is running the way it's supposed to and mm -hmm. you know and still be able to do now when it comes to the only thing that I would do manually is um and even to that to a degree I would only really do for a short period of time is um if I'm offering higher end coaching um program or coaching services mm -hmm. and the reason why that is because if I spend let's say five hours a day right doing organic marketing and organic posting and you know and let's say within that five hour time frame, I get, you know, three coaching calls or three, um, three strategy calls. And let's say um, two out of those three, I can convert them. I can close them on an average of like $1,000 per client, right? So I spend five hours, um, you know, prospecting. And then within that five hours, I gain $2,000 worth of clients. That makes more sense than me spending five hours trying to prospect a $99 piano course, yeah. right? <laughs> and getting two students for $200. I just spent five hours, you know, trying to sell two courses for $200. And I could just put that energy towards higher end coaching. And then the, the, the $99 course, I can just put that into an ad. Yeah. And then people can, because when it comes to those kinds of price points, like $99, you don't really need to talk to the person. You don't need to talk to you in order to buy it. Send them to a sales page with a sales video, and then they'll buy from there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. I love this. This is so good. So before <laughs> we let you go, what do you have coming up next? Because all entrepreneurs are always working on something. So what do you got next? Oh, you know, I don't even know, honestly. <laughs> well, actually, no, what I have, um, what I do have is I did recently launch a Facebook group called the Automated Course Creator. So what I do have, and actually I made a decision today to um, push another live uh, within the group called Build Your Course in No Time Flat. Mm. And the reason why I built it, I said it that way is because a lot of people have an aversion to building courses because they think it's going to take them months or years. And yeah. the whole idea is you can build your course with just like 15, 20 minutes a day and have that done in like 30 days or 45 days. So the webinar or the live in the Facebook group is going to break down how you can how you can do that in the most basic way. So that's something that I will have. I don't have an exact date for it yet because I literally just thought about it today. I'm like, oh, I should do a live by the end of August. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you want to stay updated on when I'm going to do that live, then just type in the um, you know the Facebook search bar, the automated course creator, and then just request to join, and I'll add you in. I love it. So before I let you go, how can people connect with you? Wow. Um, so I have a website. Um, if you want to buy my, my piano course, that will be www.themusicalweb with two Bs. So T-H-E-M-U-S-I-C-A-L. Can't spell musical. W-E-B-B.com. And if you want to learn more about um, how to work with me on the level of one-on-one coaching on course automation and course building, you can visit my other website, which is the digital web. So www.thedigitalweb.com and then there's going to be a tab that says private coaching at the top right love it i love it well this was <laughs> so you. good i so thank you for coming over here to hey queen thrive and sharing all that you have shared about digital products and automation this was absolutely amazing thank you so much and thank you for having me on here you're welcome <laughs> listen I told y'all Ayana Webb was so freaking dope. Y'all, listen, course creation and automation is such a game changer when it comes to your business as an entrepreneur. And here's the beautiful thing that I think um, about course creation is that because you're the expert in something, like it's another way for people to be able to work with you without directly working with you, right? So like... I'm a coach. So trust me, I don't take on too many clients. So I love, love, love the idea of taking what I do, right? Taking what I'm an expert in and packaging it in a course. So then people can pay for the course, learn how to do it themselves, right? And they don't have to learn how to like, they don't have to work with me directly, but they're still working with me. So yeah, shout out to you, Ayana. I so appreciate you, lady, for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive and just dropping all that you dropped about course automation and creation. Listen, y'all, y'all better connect with her. You know I tell you this at the, at the end of all my episodes. Connect with these people because they're going to, even if you don't need them right now, you're going to eventually need some of these experts, right? So make sure you didn't follow them on Facebook and social media and gotten their email address and all of that. Like, that's the reason why I put their contact information in the show notes, because you may not need them today, but you never know when you might be ready to take that step into the digital uh, creation and digital course creation world, and you're going to need Ayana. So make sure y'all are following and connecting with these people. So 
Thriving Nuggets. I really thought, you know, because we're talking about course creation and all that good stuff, my Thriving Nuggets for this episode is the do's and don'ts of course creation. Now, let me tell you something. I found a whole lot of do's and don'ts, <laughs> but I'm only going to give you four do's and four don'ts, right, to, to course creation, okay? And so we're just going to get right into it. So number one for the do, right, build credibility and trust. So when instructing a course, the goal is to have a room full of people who trust you. Audiences should not only place confidence in you as a human being, but also as a professional. Your online course audience should see you as both a credible expert and a figure of authority. So how do you build credibility and trust? I tell people that that it's the no like trust factor, right? So people have to know you. So how do people know you? You got to show up. Plain and simple. <laughs> you got to show up. You got to be visible, right? So visibility looks like a whole bunch of things. It looks like you being active on your social medias. It looks like putting out content for your audience. It looks like, um, you know, getting on people's podcasts, right? I have an internationally streamed show, right? So when people become guests on my podcast, that puts them in a place to be heard internationally. I'm in eight different countries. So that's one of the ways you begin to build your credibility and your trust. The other thing is um, when it comes to your no like trust factor, people got to like you. Like seriously. And like you in a way that like they relate to you, right? So one of the things that I hear constantly about why people love me and love connecting with me is my transparency, right? Because see, I'm not one of those people that get on social media and try to and only show the highlights, right? <laughs> I don't do the highlight reel. I get on my social media and we talk about the, the, the highlights. We talk about the real. We talk about stuff that, you know what I mean, is, has been affecting me, still affecting me. Like, I'm very transparent. If you have even read any of my books, I'm very transparent. So, again, people have to like you. In other words, are you relatable? right? Are you relatable? Is your story relatable? Is your message relatable, right? And then the trust piece, right? I got to know that you ain't janky. Because let me tell you something. As somebody who's been doing entrepreneurship for four years, almost five years next year, honey, boo-boo child, play cousin. Uh, I've had my share of scams. <laughs> I've had my share of scams. You hear me? So can you be trusted? Do people know you to be trustworthy? Do you operate in a place of integrity, right? Those things matter. So when you have all three, right, then you have your credit. This, this is the way you build your credibility, right? So now people start to see you as, oh, you are the go-to person for X, Y, Z. All right, number two for the do's. Present an error an irresistible offer to your prospects. Give prospects irresistible incentives to join your subscription or purchase your course, like a discount code, exclusive offers, or coupons. One way to get people to act on these offers is to make them temporary. Add a time limit to your offer and people will get excited about your product. So, when you are doing any type of product, right? So if it's a course, if it's a signature program, right? You always want to make it, you always want to present it in a way of urgency, right? So you you want to make that copy 
right? When you're promoting it to say something to the extent of like, act now. This is for a limited time offer. I'm only taking the first, you know, five people, whatever. Like, get your discount. The first 10 people get it at a discount rate or an introductory rate of whatever, right? You want to make it, make it so that people are like, yo, I need to jump on this like today, right? Because if I wait one more day, right, then I'm going to end up having to pay full price. Because I don't know about anybody else, but your girl right here, uh, I love me a good discount. <laughs> Please discount me. Give me 10% off, 20% off. I take it right? So people love those things. They love those irresistible offers. They love, you know, those exclusive offerings or discount codes because it makes them feel like they're special, like they're your VIP, right? So that's what you want to do um, when creating a course or just any kind of product, right? But we're talking about crosses today. All right, number three for the dues, shift your attitude towards teaching. The most crucial thing you can do to approach the upcoming experience is to shift your attitude towards teaching and creating content. Go from thinking of a task as a chore to being excited to perform a task you enjoy. I think that's so critical. But And, and the reason why I say that is because, listen, we've all been in school, right? We've all had that one teacher, that one professor that, like, you could just tell they don't really like what they're doing, right? You feel it. It comes across, you know, in the way they teach, in the way they present the information, right? But then we all have had that one professor or that one teacher that just made the topic of this, like whatever the lesson was or whatever the topic is or whatever the course was, exciting, right? Like, so for example, for me, I know in high school, I had an African-American literature exam, African-American literature teacher, Mr. Green. Man, listen, Mr. Green was the dude in high school. Like, there was not one Black student that took his course. (laughs) Not one. And he was an elective. Like, he was an elective class. But I promise you, there was not one Black student that did not sign up for his class. On top of the fact, he was fine. But that's neither here nor there. But it was the way that he presented the information. It was the passion that he had about educating black and brown students about our real history, right? That's what made the difference versus when I was in college and having African-American literature by a professor that literally like sounded like the clear eyes guy. So when you're building your course, You want to make sure that you don't look at this as, oh my God, this is another task or another chore or whatever. Get excited about it. Present it in a way that makes you excited, right? But then also makes your your, uh, audience excited as well. All right, number four in the do's department. Develop a clear and consistent structure. So the course's overall look should be intentionally inviting. Each module should look similar to the previous module. So same theme, same format, etc. right? With updated content and learning outcomes. So make sure that whatever structure you are using, right? If you're doing video and a syllabus or video and a handout, right? In one module, that it's kind of consistent across the board because you don't want to confuse your, your audience. All right, 
Now let's talk about some don'ts to course creation. Number one, fail to determine what your audience needs. Do the work upfront to discover your audience's unspoken needs and challenges. Determine exactly how they talk about those needs and challenges to know precisely what needs to go into the product or service you're about to create. Don't forget to develop the language to use in selling it. So here's the here's the catch 22 with uh this first don't. Know your audience. <laughs> like if y'all have ever worked with me as a coach, right? You know, I scream it from the mountaintop. Target audience, target audience, target audience. Because for this, this main reason right here, when you know your audience, you will know what they need and want. You will also know their language. So you'll be able to market to them effectively and reach them. So the way you determine your audience needs is one, by knowing who they are, but then also two, market research. Ask them. Ask them, what is it that they need? What is it they want? Just saying. <laughs> All right. Number two, uh, proceed. don't proceed without a plan or a goal. So outline everything that is needed from start to finish, including what happens after the course is complete. It is better to be overprepared than underprepared. Goals will aid in determining what exactly needs to be done as you build promote, deliver, and sell. There's no purpose in working on coursework venture with no goal. So have a not only have a plan in place, but have a goal in mind, right? And that goal should look like how many people you want to have get registered for this course, right? Your revenue goal. Hello. Don't nobody do we listen, we don't put together products and services to not make no money. So what is your revenue goal? Right? And then figure out right? Do the math to figure out, okay, if I want to make $5,000, then one, I need to price my go my, my course at whatever price and then figure it out mathematically, right? How many people do I need to get right at whatever price point to reach that $5,000 goal? Okay. Number three, don't be afraid to seek out help. Find time to reach out to other experienced course creators, especially when facing a roadblock. These individuals have been through the whole process and likely know what should and should not be done. So in the course of, cre in, in the process of creating your course or product or service, right? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Now I'm going to tell you, sometimes that help might come at a price. That's okay, right? Because you got to respect people's time. Time is money, right? So you might have to pay, pay a little bit of money, right? To get where you're trying to go, right? But if that little bit of money you have to kick out to get the coaching that you need to get the course done, right? Like AKA Ayana Webb, who was, who's on the show, just was on the show, right? Then you want to put position yourself to be able to do that so that you are now not only getting the course done and it's up and is ready to sell, right? But also <laughs> you can, you're making back what you just invested. Just saying. All right. Number four, um, don't be inconsistent with delivery. So again, you don't want to confuse your off audience. If you have a set schedule of releases, then follow the schedule and releases lessons no and modules as noted. 
Promising your audience something and failing to deliver will likely drive them away, right? So again, don't be inconsistent, right? If you're doing, say you're doing a five, a five part series, right? And they get series, you know, series course number one, right? Don't put at the end of that course that the next series is going to be available in two weeks. And then that two week time frame comes and goes and you have not put it out because now you're going to lose the audience. So make sure you, you're being consistent with your delivery. And then a bonus don't number five is don't forget to promote, (laughs) get the word out to your existing audience and potential subscribers. Well-designed course content will be a waste if no one enrolls or purchases it. So at the end of the day, we are not doing any of this. We are not creating product services, courses, whatever you want to, you're creating for nobody to buy it. <laughs> right? So make sure you're promoting it. And let me say this about promotion and then I'm going to wrap the show up. Right? It's not a one and done. So just because you posted it on Monday, don't assume that everybody saw it on Monday. Right? Continuously promote it. And I say that because that's a lesson that I continuously have to learn from myself, right? Because sometimes you get in that space of like, oh, I already promoted it once. I'm not going to promote it again. No, you got to continuously promote it because you don't know who might see it on day three that didn't see it on day one. And now it's like, oh, shoot, let me go sign up. Just saying. But listen, y'all, this was such a good episode. And the, and, and I enjoyed, enjoyed, enjoyed this conversation with the, the lovely Ayana Webb again. Shout out to her. Thank you, thank you, thank you for talking to us about course automation and creation. Um, yeah, that's all I got, y'all. This concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Again, tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode with another amazing, dope expert. I love each and every one of you guys. Please stay safe out there. Listen, COVID is not gone. So please do your due diligence and stay safe out there. Until next week, peace and blessings.